Welcome to podcast number two of Boomerang. This is Colleen Kelly Miller, and I'm the author and host of this podcast, one that I hope will entertain, provoke, or inform on a host of issues. Today's topic, the apology. What's an apology? Well, in my day, it was supposed to be expression of sorrow for an unintended hurt or harm, something you didn't realize you were doing or saying that hurt another. But today, it apparently has a whole new meaning. Today, it's an expeditious get-out-of-jail card, free for the simple utterance. Case in point, all these guys apologizing today for unwanted sexual behavior. Read that abuse. What? They didn't know asserting power over another was wrong? They didn't revel in their position of superiority? For frankly, a lot of sexual abuse is an assertion of power. So today, Louis C.K. apologizes for masturbating in front of women without their permission. I don't even want to make that mental picture. And apparently that activity is a turn-on for some men. Lord, even Kevin Spacey thinks an apology is going to do it for all the young boys he's molested. So the apology? Wow, it's being really tested these days. And it has morphed into anything but its original intent. But I want to handle another aspect. Why do women apologize for things that are none of their doing? For instance, I gave a gift once to a friend to a famous resort spa that cost me approximately 200 bucks. It also cost me a keep my mouth shut directive when I felt what they did was wrong. You see, we went together, she and I, and I stood there at the counter this was a beautiful place in Asheville. And uh, I was prepared for her to have a delightful day. She was visiting us. She was going to be in using the pool, having a facial, having a massage, any of those types of things. But when we arrived, we were told that the facility was closed down for that particular week because it was going through renovation. So we were actually quite disappointed Nobody had told me when I bought this pass, and it had been a Christmas gift. And this person wasn't going to be visiting again. She was from out of state. In fact, she was from quite a ways away. So the following year, when she visited again, we walked in and stood at the counter, and she presented the pass. And the girl behind the counter looked at her and said, Oh, I'm sorry you haven't used this pass and it has a year's shelf life. So we discount it by one third if you don't come in during that year. Now again, no one had ever said anything to me about this and I was basically apoplectic. I'm standing there at the counter and I proceed to protest because after all, it's my money. And now my money and my gift is one third less and I'm really annoyed by this. So uh, the girl I was with hushed me, told me, shh, uh, it, it's fine, it's fine. So in other words, she was going to absorb this. This wasn't our fault. 
This was the spa's fault. They were closed on the week that we wanted to use the facility. That was already putting us out. And now to find out that my money that I paid is now one-third down was not okay with me. But the person I was with apologized to the one behind the counter saying, it's fine, I'll take whatever uh, you, you deem acceptable. And I had to stifle. I was angry because to me, this was clear-cut violation. It was not what I paid for. It was not our fault. In fact, they could have even boosted what they gave us. All right, the second instance I want to talk about is my own reaction to something that happened in Washington State. Paul and I were going on, um, I would say we actually did about 2,000 miles in Washington State. I was driving, all right, and I love driving, so that's fine with me. So we went all over the place, and we went to many of their lodges. They have these beautiful, big, um, you know, fireplace on one entire wall lodge. Uh, they're great. One of them was um, by their famous mountain that you can see, and I've forgotten the name of it momentarily, uh, the one you can see from Seattle. And we had gone up there, so it took us half a day to get there. And then we went into the lodge. It was beautiful. It was kind of a quiet time of year, early fall. I guess most of their clientele happens during the rest of the year. All right. We took a room. It was on the first floor. And, um, you know, it was nice enough room. But during the night, it was noisy. I mean, I and I'm a light sleeper. So I kept waking up because there was banging, banging of doors, continual. And the reason for that is, and I deduced this later on, was off the main room, and these lodges all have these great big main rooms where the fireplace is and people sit around and they read. There's no TV, so that's a nice thing because you're supposed to be doing natural things um, like mountain climbing and walking and hiking and you know, just enjoying the mountain air. So people are doing quiet activities at night, except for the banging of the doors. And the reason for that was because the ladies' room was just in from those doors and right across from where our room was. And I hadn't even noticed that when I first entered the room and we were early on in the room. And we're not late people, so we weren't staying up late, but apparently a lot of people were. So we heard the banging continually of the doors. And then when that abated, around 5.30 in the morning, the delivery trucks arrived. And apparently that was another area where, you know, this, all this activity took place. So when I went the next morning after having maybe three hours of sleep, I went to the front desk and I said, just had a very difficult night and they looked at me like I was crazy. Now I know at my age that you know what things I notice and things I'm complaining about aren't exactly this is not new business. The people at the desk knew this. I'm sure that over many years they've had complaints 
but to look at me like, oh, you're crazy. You're the first one that's ever said this. They were basically looking at me like I was the one that was at fault. And I actually began to almost apologize, when in fact, I never should have apologized. This was pretty clear, that this room would have been a bad location room. Just like everybody basically knows, if you're getting a room and it's right near the vending machines or the elevators, that's not a good plan. You're not really going to get very good sleep. Or you're fronting Route 95 or one of the major routes, major highways. All right, you're going to kind of know that's going to be a problem. I always look at rooms in hotels ahead of time, uh, meaning ahead of time before we actually say we're going to take it. All right, I say, well, I'd like the key. I'd like to be able to go and look at the room. Before I sign for it, I want to make sure that none of these conditions are operating. But it was my immediate reaction. I was going to apologize for being too light a sleeper in that lodge. And I had to bite my tongue and say, Colleen, don't do it. Don't do it because this is not your problem. And they should be actually providing you with a room that you can sleep in peacefully. All right, so that's the apology. And I want to say women do it far more often. Women take on responsibility for things that aren't even their responsibility. And as I said, I just mentioned it with that friend that did this at the spa. And even I, a few years ago, when I was going to take responsibility for the bad room in the lodge, one that I'm sure the desk knew about. All right, now let me take on uh, another uh, aspect of apologies. Since we are now heading into the best time of year for family gatherings, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever it happens to be. And I predict most folks don't even know what they did to another that pissed the other off. A simple discussion when it happens would end the stalemate, but that doesn't usually happen. In fact, in some families, whole years go by with the injured party copping fury when the other side doesn't even know what the hell happened. My terribly maladjusted aunt and uncle is an example. Now there was a couple. I think I recall the movie Cher was in, uh, moonlighting or something like that, where the Italian family screamed out their differences. Now, as an Irish-American girl, I was entranced watching that movie. I was amazed there were families that did this stuff. They yell, stomp around, swear, and the grim reaper of family dysfunction didn't appear and then reign for the next 600 years. Those folks let it all hang out. And then they broke bread the very next day, or even the very next hour. Lord, that was refreshing. Anyway, back to my aunt. Maybe I'll call her Bertha. They'd come over to play cards with my parents. Voices began to rise over the next few hours as they all drank wine coolers. And then Mount Vesuvius would happen. Aunt and uncle were out the door and another great divide would happen. No one knew why, or if they did, they didn't say. A funeral awake would see them come together after a few years, and then they'd try again, 
only to fail again. Now in AA, there's a whole bunch of apt sayings for this type of thing. In fact, this problem is so pervasive that whole Seinfeld episodes were built around the apology. Remember the amends one? Because one is supposed to make amends in AA, a sort of keep your side of the street clean sort of thing. Yes, you're supposed to go up to the person you failed and apologize, excuse me, apologize, even if you were only half of the problem or not even half. But here's another problem. If the other side does nothing, in other words, if they can't or won't forgive or even look into what their portion was, and you're not supposed to tell them because only your behavior is your business. But if you can't tell them and they don't look at their own side, there won't be any progress because they have no skin in the game. They're not committed to finding resolution so that you both can live amiably. In fact, they don't even consider they might be at fault too. So the apology, it's not easy, except apparently for major offenders these days. And sometimes only one person does it. And maybe that apology isn't even remembered by the supposedly offended one. I do know this. Whole decades can go by in families where the stalemate goes on. Why is that, frankly, criminal? Because all others are affected. Wives, husbands, sons, and daughters. Cousins seven times removed. Sometimes some of these relatives get together and say, do you know why so-and-so and so-and-so aren't speaking? There's talk among the family members. Nobody knows what's going on. And why? It's often due to an offense that wasn't even intended, nor is it understood that it was an offense. And sometimes it's just because someone's sensitivity level is so, well, sensitive that no one could do other than offend. Be careful, everyone. The holidays approach. Let's be kinder to each other. This is the end of podcast number two. I'm hoping you have a good week ahead.